And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode 385. We're coming at you, as always, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. If you're here in the States, it is Thanksgiving Day on the day of release. So I hope everybody is, uh, well, staying safe, to be quite honest. Hopefully you don't have a big crowd of people at your house and not distancing and you know we need to stay safe folks and you know if that means then having a little bit more solitude than we're used to on the holidays then I guess that's what it needs to mean as for myself you all know I don't really celebrate holidays so I'm always pretty much by myself on holidays anyway regardless I think Pete will be over a little bit later today and we will be having a uh, a socially distanced uh, Thanksgiving dinner so uh, I hope everybody out there has a safe and happy Thanksgiving. And to those of you who are not in America and do not celebrate Thanksgiving, or those who you are Canadian and don't celebrate Thanksgiving at the same time as we do, happy Thursday. Entirely unimportant Thursday, I suppose. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, so we do have an issue of Thor to cover. So let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow And this week we are looking at Thor Volume 3, Number 5. January 2008 is the cover date. $2.99 was the cover price. Cover art is by Koipel and Morales. Shows Thor and he is standing in front of a woman who looks like Sif. uh, Wearing Sif's headdress and armor. And is reaching up towards him from a kneeling position. uh, Reaching towards his, uh, his peck. And uh, Thor looks very surprised by this. And I assure you that the scene does not appear inside the book. And we open up to the splash where we have a jackrabbit and a truck and a guy and Asgard <laughs> floating above the ground. And the uh, the guy is obviously, he's a local you know, guy here in uh, in Broxton. And he's installing a mailbox, and he installs a uh, you know standard mailbox on a wooden post, and he paints on it Asgard, one Asgard Road, and of course you know Asgard being out way in the middle of nowhere. I don't know whether Thor hired him to do this or whether or not somebody else put him up to it, but he as he is leaving, he puts a slip of paper in the mailbox, and goes driving off into the horizon. Uh, presently, we see Thor checking the mailbox uh, because maybe he did suggest that the mailbox be installed. And he is looking at the slip of paper and it says, You are cordially invited to attend a town meeting 6 o'clock Friday at Broxton Town Hall. Coffee, cake, and ice cream will be served at 5. And a handwritten note, We hope you can come. Bring your friends. 
And the title of the story is Special Delivery. J. Michael Straczynski was the writer. Oliver Coipel is the penciler. Mark Morales was the inker. Laura Martin and Paul Mounts are the colorists. Chris Iliopoulos is the letterer. Alejandro Arbona is the assistant editor. Warren Simons is the editor. Joe Casada is the editor-in-chief. And Dan Buckley is the publisher. And we are starting to see more and more people here in Asgard. In fact, we're starting to see, looks like, you know, at least a couple dozen. And so Thor's obviously been busy, and he's been going around and hunting down the uh, the Asgardians who were trapped in human form. And uh, he's going to check with Heimdall to see what's happened to Lady Sif. Anyway, uh, he is approaching Heimdall, and he says, Heimdall, my friend, you seem troubled. I am, my lord Thor. Still no trace of my lady Sif? No, I have searched for her essence through the nine worlds and have found nothing, and there is worse still. Though I have been able to lead you to many of our kind so that they may be restored, over the last few days the number I can see that I feel has diminished. They are disappearing from my view. Are they being killed, or I do not believe so, my lord? But they are disappearing nonetheless, and there is something else. As I began to sense the vanishing, I also began to feel a darkness growing west of here. Where, says Thor, and you can see in Heimdall's face, he's, he's kind of, cosmic awareness is what they would call it in the 1970s Captain Marvel comic, but I'm not sure that really applies here. But anyway, you see he's kind of viewing... Uh, the desert and what looks like a uh, top-secret installation in the desert. As before, let your eyes be my eyes, says Heimdall, that you may see what I see. And so Thor is, I guess, looking through Heimdall's eyes, and he says, the desert, and the area between Nevada and New Mexico. Thank you, Heimdall. If there is a connection, I will find it, and our lost kindred. And we shift scenes to the place that we were looking at. It is a uh, fenced-off Section O desert. And Thor has arrived on the scene, and he's on the ground. He's looking around. And he finds a concrete slab, or entrance, as it, as it were. And he pries it open with his bare hands and, and kind of opens up this trapdoor and is walking down into the darkness, and there's a stairwell, which ends in a blank door. And he opens this blank door, and he emerges into what appears to be a prison. And there's a bunch of people in cages, and they're going, Help us! Please help us! Can you help us out of here? I'll pay anything! Hey, help! Get me out of this place! Hurry, hurry! And Thor's talking to them. Who has done this to you? I don't know. We don't know who or what he is, but he kidnapped us from all over the world and brought us here. You have to get us out of here before he, it, comes back. Be at peace, says Thor. You are safe now. Stand back from the doors, and there's a a woman, a dark-haired woman in a wedding dress, and she says, I know you. I know you. Help me. Boom. Boom, boom. We have a sound effect uh, as though something heavy is coming this way. Come forth and show yourself, stealer of innocent men and women. The god of thunder would have words with you. And we get only booming in response. The big heavy footprints. Boom, 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 boom. No threats, no boasts, 
No excuses or explanations of intent. And there's a final boom as a metal-clad foot stomps on the ground in front of Thor, and he whirls about, and he says, No, it cannot be. And we have a full page here of the Destroyer looking all spiky and Simon Sinney. Thor is like, The Destroyer walks! So the uh, Destroyer is uh, attacking Thor in the middle of this prison area, which doesn't seem to be a real safe um, yeah, place to be. But anyway, uh, Thor whips his hammer around, and he's getting ready to engage the Destroyer. I know not where, how, or why you are in this place, nor how many Asgardians are trapped in these mortal shells. But this I do know. You shall not stand between us. And the two of them uh, engage in the middle of the room with a giant Cthulhu. If you're listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, you would want to take a drink here. Anyway, um, yeah, so Thor is bashing at the Destroyer of this Hammer. We get a knockdown drag out. Thor is just smashing the Destroyer again and again with a Kadoom and a boom. And the people in the cells are watching and... Uh, the, just a, it's a really short sequence. I will say this fight is a really short sequence, but it is so well drawn, and, and you can really tell every movement of this fight. And it, it's a little bit hard to, to explain, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 we'll talk about the art at the end, of course. But uh, we see the, uh, the wedding dress woman. Uh, they they draw, drawing a lot of focus to her eyes, which are sort of a green color, She's staring at what's going on, and we got this fight between Thor and the Destroyer, and the Destroyer's blasting Thor with his energy beams, and Thor's deflecting them and uh, being knocked down. And then we have a little interlude during the fight, and we have Thor and Blake in this weird limbo dimension where we saw them back in the first issue of Thor just kind of hanging out with Blake here, and they're having a conversation. How is this possible? Even if my father's greatest weapon, a killer of gods, found a spirit to inhabit and give out life, why seize these others? Unless it intends to make sure no more gods are born by killing their hosts, says Blake. But who's inside that thing? Who's... It matters not, says Thor, or whoever it is within the destroyer's shell. He shall not stand, Thor says out loud as he's... <laughs> um, smashing uh, the destroyer we shift to the outside of the uh, the prison area and there's a rumble and then a flume as Thor and the destroyer blast upward through the ground and out into the open and uh, Thor is uh, talking to the destroyer and the destroyer answers interestingly enough now destroyer no mortals can be harmed by our struggle. So, I am not the destroyer. You are. And for that, uh, the destroyer uh, blasts him and he shouts, Die! Because that's what uh, destroyers shout when they attack you with their energy beams. And we have some uh, marvelous Kirby Crackle. We'll talk about the Kirby Crackle later. I do not understand, says Thor. The destroyer strikes with a fury I have never seen before, and yet it calls me destroyer. It doesn't make any sense, says Blake. No, but whatever its reasons, even the destroyer must pause before the strength of not just Thor, but a small army of other Asgardians. 
which was my strategy in bringing the battle up here, where I might see the sky, and though it may nearly kill me to drop my defenses long enough for my hammer to bring me into that sky, so must it be done, whatever the cost. And he's whipping his hammer around, and he's being blasted now uh, by the energy beams that he's not deflecting, and he's going, Arrgh! and it looks like he's on fire, and he takes off into the sky, and he's whipping his hammer around and, and creating a storm. And he's saying, Now, to strike while I may, whether I live this day or not, whether I stand or fall, my people shall walk this world again. Come forth! And he's doing the storm thing like he has been doing to bring people back. Of course, it's a whole lot faster this time. You know, was, was it like three weeks before? Anyway, it's, it's just happening in, a, in the space of a couple of pages this time. And lightning is uh, branching out and hitting the, uh, the people who are inside the cells. And we see them change as this happens almost instantaneously. Uh, we get the, you know, the shadows of you know, people now wearing Viking helmets and Asgardian gear and so forth. And uh, including the uh, dark-haired woman. And uh, yeah, the, the destroyer is also being hit by the lightning. It doesn't seem to be doing him any harm. And... It does seem to be affecting him, though, and, and Thor comes back and lands on the ground, and the destroyer's gone. Um, not really gone, but he's, he's been shown to be inactive, and there's somebody standing over him. It's obviously the uh, person who was trapped inside the destroyer or inhabiting the destroyer. And Thor confronts this person. He says, you, whose spirit moved the destroyer, who are you? I was... One who loved you and called you friend and brother and comrade in arms. Balder, but I do not understand. You, for all of my life, I existed for but one thing, to preserve Asgard against enemies, to ensure her shining towers never fell to any power. But destroyed it was, destroyed in the final cycle of Ragnarok, destroyed by you. And in the death of the flesh I knew no peace, for no matter how well I knew the reason, in my heart I had failed to prevent the fall of Asgard. I raged against myself, and something answered to that rage, and summoning me to this place, to this moment, and into that abomination, whereupon I began collecting the mortal hosts you found below. How I came to be so trapped I do not know, but there I remained until your actions freed me. And, uh, yeah, we see, kind of see what's going on as, as he's doing, as he's narrating his little story. We see Asgard and uh, Ragnarok happening, and then we see Balder floating in space wearing a different uh, costume. And then we shift back to the present, and uh, the, the various people are escaping um, uh, Asgard. Uh, Thor goes back to, uh, to, to the big hole in the ground where all the people are. Curious! A mystery before me and another behind. Where are the other Asgardians I summoned from their mortal hosts? They should have come forth by now, answering the call of battle. And he goes down, and uh, they're kind of running away. And <laughs> he says, uh, are you all right? And one of them says, yes, barely. When the change happened, when those people came out of us, it got pretty shaky in here. But then where are they? Gone. That's the only one who stayed behind, says the guy. And so, okay, so we have an answer here. We'll talk about this at the end. 
It is the God within the woman who called out to me and said she knew me, says Thor. We see the woman kind of in the shadows. He's got the back turned to us and she's kind of kneeling there on the ground. And the human is like, that's the one. And Thor is going to assume here that it's his beloved and goes to her and he says, my lady Sif. Would you turn and let your face shine upon one who has missed you greatly? Have you really? I take great comfort in your words. But though you are right that I know you well, I fear you've mistaken me for another. My brother. And Thor's like, no, it cannot be. Loki! And we see the Loki is a lady now. And uh, yeah, still looking very much like Loki, the same kind of costume and the big antler things on her helmet and um, you know kind of the same color scheme the fates do have their little surprises do they not no less so for me than you as my appearance gives stark testimony though in truth it should not be so great a surprise that i should come through the fires of ragnarok different from when i entered them for i am not truly of asgard but rather the child of frost giants we have always been contrary in our ways. I see this as a rebirth, my brother. My purpose in my prior life was to bring about Ragnarok. This was done, and the cycle is now ended for all time. This is a new start, a new beginning for us both. I would ask the chance to prove my worth now, as I find a new purpose for my life, freed of the chains that once held my destiny. Liberated now, I am at peace, I have no more schemes in me, Thor, nothing to scheme for. I wish only to live and to be happy. If you will not grant me that, then kill me now, kill me again, and let us both hope that this time it sticks. And Thor looks very skeptical, and he says, Your death and rebirth came at my hands. I will give you the respect of both, for now. Do not abuse this trust, Loki. You will not have a second opportunity. Of course, my brother, of course. But where, I wonder, are the others you so graciously freed? And we uh, have a, a kind of a voiceover, and, and it's, it's Loki, and, and she's communicating with somebody else at this point. Uh, so we've got a little bit of uh, narration going on as we see uh, various scenes of, of the people who've been freed and... Uh, you know, we see Hela, and we see uh, like a frost giant or a storm giant, and we see the who's not very obviously the enchantress. Yeah, and the, the kind of talking going on here between Loki and some other person. Because I have ventured many times into the world of the spirit, I have the power to draw out Baldur's spirit, provoking Thor so that he will not have time to consider his actions. My brother is no fool and has no love of certain of us. He will take his time and be careful to avoid awakening any who might cause him trouble. By pitting him in battle, he will act in haste to free my spirit and the spirits of the rest we select without examining too closely who is being freed. And then what? says the voice. Then they shall walk the earth that Thor has made the new home for all of those of Asgard, and they shall consider the bounty and the opportunity that is their new home until they are needed. If we are agreed, we are agreed, says Dr. Doom. 
And we have a epilogue page as we have the meeting that was advertised in the flyer at the very beginning of the issue. We see a bunch of townspeople sitting around like big banquet tables. And uh, we have one of the people is Mrs. Sooner. And we have a delegation from Asgard arriving. Uh, a voice saying, Excuse us, but we heard, we heard there was cake. And well, what unfortunate day's events are not made gladder by cake. And it is, of course, Volstag and a bunch of Asgardians coming in. And we have a to be continued. And that is Thor, volume three, issue number five. And we'll be talking about it right after this message. Hi, I'm Josiah. And I'm Mike. And we're the hosts of How Star Wars Is It? It's a podcast where we rate and review things like movies. But not of how good or bad they are. Yeah, no, how Star Wars they are. And what does that mean, you might ask? It's a little something like this. If Star Wars was Everybody Loves Raymond, this is King of Queens. If Chris Farley was still around. Yeah, Kevin James wouldn't exist. I have a game. It is called Sebulba. (laughs) Or Bulbasaur. <laughs> yeah, when and he that, was a Palpatine. Do we have like an animated show that we could pitch? The Emperor and, and his Palpatine. Count Dooku is around his age, plus yeah, or minus like, a decade. Maybe like Count Dooku. That's really funny. <laughs> if that sounded good, or Star Wars, then check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts at How Star Wars Is It? And like we always say, may, may the, the fourth, fourth be with you. you. And we're back for the little review portion of the show, as we always do. And uh, so, yeah, another good issue here from Straczynski and company. The thing is very well told. Not, unfortunately, not a lot happens in the issue. We have a invitation delivered. We have a little bit of rounding up of people. We have Heimdall being concerned and Thor being concerned. And then we have a, a, a three or four page battle with the Destroyer, which is incredibly well drawn. Again, decompressed storytelling, not a ton of things happen in the issue. There's a lot of talking and a bit of fisticuffs. I will say that that it's a well-done issue. It's an enjoyable issue, as this entire run so far has been. So far, it's it's been quite a ride, and, and I've really enjoyed it. Now, one thing that we have in this issue that I've been wondering about, because it didn't really make a lot of sense to me, is... When you bring the gods back, what happens to the host body? Up until now, it's made it seem that those gods actually are those people in those bodies. So, you know, those people change into the gods. And here, that's contradicted, where we have the the essences of the gods rising up out of the people, and the people are fine, and they just go off in their own way. So that makes a lot more sense than... The alternative, which is, you know, the gods actually turn into those people at Ragnarok, and then when they're brought back, they change back into those gods. That doesn't make a lot of sense because it would be very, very disruptive to society to have thousands and thousands of people changing into Asgardians. But um, they answer that decisively here, and that is that once the gods are brought out of those people, those people are okay. They go off and they and they lead their lives as normal. So yeah, that's a, a question that I'm glad that they've answered here. Must say that the the thing that really stands out about the issue is is the art. 
Um, not just the penciling, but the coloring and the inking as well. The coloring is magnificent in this issue, and that's something that we've been overlooking a little bit because you kind of take it for granted, but it, they, they've done just an amazing job of setting mood uh, through the inks, through the colors, and, of course, through Koipel's amazing line work. I will say, you know, uh, I can't say enough good things about Koipel, but I've never seen as creative a use of Kirby Crackle as we're seeing in some of these uh, fight pages where you know Thor is uh, blasting the destroyer the destroyer's blasting Thor um, and it's mostly the destroyer's uh, beams that are causing the Kirby crackle but it's uh, almost like the Kirby crackle is flowing that's and Kirby crack good Kirby crackle is such a hard thing to do and you know mostly it's you know Kirby himself and Joe Sinnott are, is able to to duplicate it but here it's got a real flow to it. I think that uh, also Koi Powell has it, has it down quite well. And it, just the, um, the intensity of the action and the, the movement of the composition in this issue is, is extraordinary. And it's just amazingly good. And, and I, you know, like I said, I can, I can praise Koi Powell all day. He is one of my favorite pencilers and, and I love his stuff. Yeah, another magnificent issue here. And I don't have a lot else to say about it. I mean, we've got the return of Balder, which is a good thing. We have the return of Loki, which is potentially a bad thing. Uh, is it a bad thing? We have yet to find out, though we know that she is colluding with Doctor Doom. So something's going on, something that may turn out to be uh, interesting. Yeah, so that is it. That's issue number five. And with that, we're done for this week. Hey, everybody, I appreciate your listening. And of course, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us on the Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard on Facebook and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge and back to Midgard. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.